soak the back, you know. Open up a good team, you know. A couple wins will bring a lot more people to the stadium. Got to start winning in, in Southern California. And now with the Chargers here, that's going to put out a pressure. Hey man, if you want to spend 150 bucks to go to StubHub Center, be my guest. I don't even consider that LA. Have fun in Carson. What are they? The Dominguez Hills Chargers? <laughs> Give me a break. I'll be there at the end zone, front row. So hopefully, you know, come my way. So let's hope that you know the change, the positive energy, the new draft picks. You know, make sure our our O line stays healthy, our defense stays healthy. I think this year's our year, brother. We've been supporting the Chargers for 41 years. I've been a fan for 41 years. My father before me was a fan back when they were at the Coliseum. So we come from a long lineage of Bolt family. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Left Coasters podcast, the final off-season podcast of the year because, ladies and gents, training camp has begun. And Brian Dangles and I have spent the past few days at the training camps of both the Rams and the Chargers. We've met a bunch of wonderful, wonderful fans out there. And Brian, the ballerina, I mean, it was wonderful for you, wasn't it? I had a great time. Daniels, what do you think? I had a great time as well. It was uh, not my first NFL training camp, but uh, one of the best I've been to so far. And I've, I've just it was it was a blast to see all these fans jazzed up and and just football's back, baby. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling, and it's contagious. You could feel the energy in both the Rams and the Chargers camp, and that's why today. We have a very, very special episode, which we are dubbing the Friends and Family episode. We've interviewed fans at Rams Camp. We've interviewed fans at Chargers Camp. We have three of our uh, recurring guests coming in today to talk about their fandom and what they expect out of their teams this season. And most importantly, guys, the battle for L.A. is still on. We at the Left Coasters have a lot of big announcements to make, especially in this episode with the fact that this season is all about who are we going to become a fan of? Which hometown team are we siding for? Are we a Rams fan or are we a Chargers fan? As you guys know, we are three transplants from other cities across the globe that now live in Los Angeles and we're gifted two hometown teams. And the question is, which hometown team is going to get our fandom? Because these two teams keep on saying that they are battling for L.A. They are fighting for L.A. And we three guys right here, the transplant fans of Los Angeles, are the L.A. that they are fighting for, and which ones are going to win our fandom. So what I need from you guys is the fans of the Rams, the fans of the Chargers, the fans out there that don't know which way they're going to swing. You guys can go to www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com and let us know what you think of your teams and why we should be a fan of them. Why are you excited about the Rams this season? Why are you excited about the Chargers? What fears do you have? What are we saying that you completely and totally disagree with we want to know what your thoughts and feelings are and you can find that again at www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com all of our episodes are going to be on there photos of us in the studio are going to be on there bios of all the people you hear listening everything you need about the left coasters podcast is going to be on www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com. So before we get going on this episode, I just want to thank everyone that we met this uh, this past few days. I want to. I've had a real blast meeting all of you. You've made me all energized to go. We might have a new sportswear team in WoofSportswear.com. You guys were insane at Rams camp. It was a blast all the way, and we'll be talking about that in a little bit. But we just wanted to say from the Left Coasters, thank you so much, and we cannot wait to hear from you. So, gentlemen. 
Are you ready for football? Oh, I'm ready for some football, yes. I got to tell you, watching that pigskin get thrown around, kicked around, everything made me realize how much I've been waiting for this moment for football to be back. It's exciting. Well, and the players are jazzed up, too. I mean, you could see at Rams camp, for example, when they did the one-on-one drills, uh, you know, between wide receiver and defensive back. They're already, it's no, you know, there's no pads, but they're already going at it. Oh, yeah. They're already pushing and shoving. These guys are trash-talking when they make plays. You know, it, just because it's the beginning of the season does not at all mean that the, the enthusiasm is lost on the players. They're just as excited to be back out on the field, it, it seems, as the fans are to be in the stands watching them. And the fans have a high expectations from all accounts on the Chargers side of the The fans of the Chargers were so excited. I can't tell you how many people, and you'll hear pretty soon, but how many people talked about 10, 11 wins. Yeah. 10, 11 wins. Yeah, double that, digits. That was double the number digits. We heard said. the same thing at, at Rams camp as well. People were talking, people they, were leaning on the side that's of the 10. Thing. When, when, that was and, a lot, maybe and, more optimism yes, than anything you, else, you'll I hear, think. You'll but. hear in the interviews, we have a Rams set of interviews, we have a Chargers set of interviews of all the fans that we spoke to. The Rams, when they talked, sort of had a sly smile on their face when they said how many wins they wanted. The Chargers were like, yeah, 10 wins, 11 and, wins. And it always was, team. And it was always, yeah, And it was always backed up by if we could stay healthy. Yes. If we can stay healthy, we're a playoff team. We Wild card all the way, potential Super Bowl, but we are the sleeper in the AFC West. Now, if you haven't gone to these camps, I do suggest that you go. It could not be easier to attend these camps. I believe so it cost fun. us, at both plays, it cost us 10 to $20 to park our car. The Rams camp is in uh, Irvine, and it's in a beautiful sit, uh, setup in it's Irvine. It's on the campus at UC Irvine, yeah. And uh, Costa Mesa, uh, the OC campus is where the Chargers are. Couldn't be better. Is that Orange Coast College? Is yeah. Where yeah. They're practicing? Well, I, o- OC Fairgrounds. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. And okay. It, was, it was both wonderful, wonderful times. I will say that the Chargers were definitely more amped up to be there. It seemed like the Los Angeles Chargers, they had an MC, they had music going, they had LT, uh, LaDainian Thomason talked to the crowd. There was a lot of glitz and glam going on, whereas the Rams were much more laid back and ready to go to work. you got to remember, though, the Chargers have the benefit of already having a fan base here in Southern California that have been here for decades, whereas mm-hmm. the Rams, they're kind of up, you know, they're they're restarting, if you will, the 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 fandom uh, here in Southern California. But both have a lot of potential, and there's a lot of excitement, and I think people here in Southern California have a lot to root for. I have to give the Rams one uh, tick in the pros column because they had beer. <laughs> they did. They had two beer tents that were shaded, and you could just hang on the fence. You were at. You could touch the players from the beer tent. Five dollars a Corona. I mean, that was. You can't beat that. We spent our entire day there, pretty much, just uh, <laughs> uh, having having five dollar Coronas over the course of a few hours, and and talking to fans that were coming in and out. And I mean, and you know what's interesting is, you know, you mentioned uh, the the excitement level at, at Charger Camp, Brian, and I think some of that has to do with the novelty of the team is you know because they're still here or they're here for their first year and the Rams seem to have that sort of thing last year the people that we spoke to at Rams camp were talking about how many more people showed up for the first day of Rams camp last year when their first year yes. in Los Angeles than did this year and we also heard that Rams camp was a lot better put together there was more shade there were there were, it was a lot more uh, well organized this year than it was last year so that tells that kind of tells me that you know if fewer people come the second year than uh, even when it's like a better setup. I mean, you know, the I setup think was I, immaculate. the setup was immaculate. I, I think that suggests, you know, the, the excitement plays a big role and the, the novelty of the team has something to do with the fact that, you know, maybe that there was more of a palpable. Plus, obviously, the Chargers are in a better position to win. Um, yes. I think they're still facing an uphill battle this season, but it is not as steep a grade as the Rams are looking at. And I think the Chargers also placed a real premium on families. Now, it might have been a, because yeah. it was a Sunday and whatever, but it was, it was very family oriented. I thought I saw as many kids as I saw parents 
experience. So definitely a different vibe, but and a lot of fun things for people to do. Like there was some physical activity stuff at Rams camp, but the Chargers they had a, a they football had a field length of like you know throw the ball through the hole, run through the thing. You could go run a route around a defender and make a catch, both for kids and adults. So there's a lot of fun things to do at Chargers camp. What I will say about Chargers camp, if you do plan on going, ladies and gentlemen. Bring some sunscreen because oh, there's no escaping that sun in Costa Mesa. Whereas Rams camp, nearly everything is at a tent all over. All shaded, and if you can't, because you, what you have to do if you want to sit, there are bleachers at these camps. At least at Rams camp, I assume. Yeah, there was camp charges was as well. Similar, but you have to uh, apply online, even though it's free. You just have to get like a, a, a voucher or whatever to say I'm allowed to sit in X seat yeah. wherever. But you know, so and and we obviously didn't do that. So um, if you do, uh, yeah, if you are interested, uh, it's definitely worth it to get parking ahead of time because you can do it online and it's pretty Cheap. simple. Easy. Uh, and definitely also if you're uh, worried about possibly not being or being in the heat, get one of those passes. It sounds like sit in the bleachers. It sounds like from both accounts, though, they both get a passing grade, yeah. an oh, yeah. incredibly Absolutely. passing grade and no reason why between now and the, you know, the Season. middle of August. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't go down there if you don't have an opportunity. No, it's, the, it's the, very easy. The left coasters will likely be back. If you want to come yeah. find us, we'll give you another interview and maybe a cool little sticker. Oh man, we I got some dope ass stickers. People at these, got uh, excited. Well, I, I got to say, we we've gotten a lot of good feedback from the the new logo. I hope the coasters out there appreciate the new digs. Um, but we had a lot of people excited, and so we've got stickers, and and we have no problem if you send us a um, an email, that, and we'd yeah. be happy to send you a uh, a sticker your way Absolutely. in the mail. You know, to all those to all those fans out there. But we were super excited and happy to have such high feedback from people who went, "Oh my God, yes, I saw this on Facebook. Yep. Yes, I saw this on Instagram." Yep. So thank you to everybody out there who uh, who who are excited about it and um, we're, we're glad to we're glad to pass it along and if you haven't seen the new logo you can see it at the left coasters podcast.com also you can check us out at the left coasters podcast at instagram and the left coasters podcast at facebook we're coming at you with a full digital blitzkrieg this are, year man. in season two of the left coasters podcast the website is up it looks fresh uh the the instagram looks great um we're really doing it up this season now that we've got our show here on the uh, you know sort of off the ground and the battle for la is really really heating up and that's what we're here for is to and bring if, you this battle and if there's any way we can bring it to you in a different way if you want to see some live videos if you want to see anything please Suggest it. Absolutely. Let us know how we can get in touch with you guys and and continue this talk even further. Absolutely. We are the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. You can also, if you check out the website, you can send us an email that way as well. There's a contact form. You can fill out your name and information uh, and send us your question that way. So the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com or email us from the Left Coasters Podcast. Dot com. Throw a www in front of all that. So now that the shameless plugs are out of the way, I do have one question before we move on to the big man who was not at training camp this past uh, to open it up. But last week or last episode, we talked about where we were, Chargers versus Rams, what fan were we, and we all ended up on the Rams side. Now, after you've been to the two training camps, you've had a taste of the beginning of the year. Do you guys have any thoughts on are you a Chargers fan or are you a Rams fan as you sit here right now? I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm still sort of. I mean, I feel like we kind of have to start the season at at, at yeah. you know at, at, in the middle, right? Like, I want to give him a fair shake. You know, it, it's only fair to. I don't know if uh, how are you we, leaning you know, either way. I can say that I'm leaning a little bit closer to the Chargers because I we talked about this, and I got to throw this out there. Who's got the best jersey 
ever. The best jersey, uh, we were talking about this at Chargers camp, because the best part about these two camps is you see all the cool jerseys. Yeah, People man. rep their cool-ass jerseys. And I believe that there's not a better jersey in sports than the powder blue Chargers uniform. And I have to agree with you. I think it's the sexiest jersey in all of sports, period. I, I can think re- it's golden. I can remember being back in Detroit and wanting, for no good reason, to buy the Drew Brees powder blue jersey. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful work of art. But to answer your question, I think I'm, again, leaning more towards the Chargers. I I just enjoy their fandom a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that I won't find my way to the L.A. Rams camp, because the L.A. Rams camp, there's a bit of an untold story there. You know, it's a a fresher, it's a newer perspective. There's there's promises. It's a cleaner slate. and And I think why the Chargers are a little bit more exciting, I like the idea of StubHub Stadium. Yeah. I just love that idea. So I'm just edging slightly closer to the to the the, the better known product at the moment. Okay. So that might be, might be a bad fan of Bengals. I mean, the Rams have a, have such a great story to tell this year. I think just because I think there's a lot of expectation that they're not going to do well. I think you, you're looking at you know the 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 bandwagon fan, the fairweather fan probably looks at this team and sees one or two guys that are you know even close to Pro Bowl quality. Uh, a, a head coach that's half the age of his defensive coordinator and. Uh, you know, uh, a running back come, uh, coming off of a just god awful year, who's supposed to be your offensive weapon. But that said, I, I'm hoping, and I think that's going to drive the Rams to work even harder to prove their detractors wrong, because some of the pieces are there. Uh, and I think the fans feel that way, too, as we talk to them. They have confidence in, in guys like Tavon Austin, in guys like, uh, uh, you know, Robert Quinn, um, Alec Ogletree, some of these, you know, question marks, I guess, going into the season. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll lean more, a little bit more towards the Rams for the time being, um, just because I like a good underdog story. But um, it's tough. I'm going to have to so – I'd like to get down to Chargers camp as well and see what that's like. I'm excited for both. I can't wait for both these seasons to start and see where both these teams go. And I'm excited to see the preseason work by both of the young quarterbacks and Cardale Jones, who looked every bit the six foot five that he was built, and Mr. Jared Goff. But I'm leaning towards the Rams for one reason, one reason only. For some reason, I can't, I can't get rid of Goff. I can't get rid of the love I have for him. I was telling Brian this, and I'll tell Dangles and the coasters this. Goff, I saw him once during the Rams camp while we were interviewing people. There's one moment that shined for me. The three quarterbacks were taking snaps from the centers and then handing it off to a running back. It was just a quick little three-step drill. They'd go back and take another snap. Under center, snap, under center, snap, under center, snap. They go to the shotgun. On the first shotgun snap, (laughs) the center throws a ground ball at Goff, and it goes through his legs. And Goff reaches down through his legs and like his hands are now behind him. And he just sort of exasperatedly hangs in that position for a little bit like, oh, shucks, I missed it. And for some reason, I can't get enough of the kid. I want him to succeed so bad. I want him to succeed so bad. And I don't know if he will. So I'm leaning Rams. But now that we move on, before we go to the panel and before we get to the interviews of the fans that we talked to during training camp, there was one big personality that was not at training camp to start. And he plays for the Los Angeles Rams, at least currently. And that man is Aaron Donald. He is arguably the best defensive player in the world. And he is a mammoth, a gorilla of a man in the defensive line. And the reason he's not at training camp is simply because he wants to be paid. And he likely should be paid. He is still playing on a rookie deal. He was drafted right uh, next to Odell Beckham Jr., who also wants to be paid, but has showed up to camp. Oh, uh, Mr. Donald has not. And the question of the matter is... The obvious answer is you must pay this man. You cannot let him go. No he doubt. is a game changer. 
But there is a big question mark into how. Because I was looking up, and if you if you as a fan, any a fan of any team should go to spotrack.com, that's S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com, to check out the salary cap situations for the team. They do a great job of easily making it accessible on how these teams are doing. And did you know that the number 31 and 32nd ranked teams, uh, in terms of how much cap room they have, are the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams. They are the two worst teams when it comes to cap space. Now, this is all projected because right now everyone's at a 90-man roster, and they will project down to the roster cuts. But even with the roster cuts, a projected 53-man roster, the Rams have just about $3.5 million in cap room alone. Aaron Donald is going to be up where, upwards of $20 million a year. So, I'm looking at where the Rams are. I'm looking at what they can do. Aaron Donald is going to command at least $20 million a year to be the highest-paid defensive player in the league. Right now, they have about $3.5 million uh, uh, in, in projected cap room. Tremaine Johnson sits as their fan, uh, fantasy-tagged franchise-tagged franchise cornerback. He is the highest-paid cornerback in the league at $16.7 million. If you decide to let him walk and you don't want to have him anymore, you're now close to the $20 million a year that you need to sign Donald. Except, except... Trumaine Johnson is not the only contract that's coming off the books and needs to be accounted for. Mr. E.J. Gaines is becoming a free agent at the 2018 season. LaMarcus Joyner is a free agent at the 2018 season. Dominique Easley and Ethan Westbrooks, two young uh, 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 depth defensive linemen, become free agents at the end of the 2018 season. And the big one is your middle linebacker, Alec Ogletree, becomes a free agent at the end of this season. Jesus. So you need to find a way to not only pay Aaron Donald, and that's done if you let Tremaine Johnson go. Who's the best cornerback on your team, arguably? You're paying him almost $17 million this year. So if you let him walk, you can pay Donald. But then how do you decide to pay E.J. Gaines, LaMarcus Joyner, Ethan Westbrooks, Dominique Easley, and Mr. Alec Ogletree? Obviously, you're going to let some of them go. That's the nature of the NFL is a lot of turnover. But there's some names on there that could help you out today, tomorrow, next year, and you want them on your team. you got to jump through some hoops if you want to make this work. Where do you think these guys go? I think it's hard to say how it's hard to say how you find a solution to that massive equation. And that's why Sneed is going to earn his paycheck. Um, but I think you're going to have to just start from the top of the list and go down. You're mm-hmm. going to have to make Aaron Donald happy. Period. You're have to, that that is the the utmost because he's a young player has. Easily six to seven years left in him. Oh, Easily. Yeah. In the prime of his career, yeah. And so you take one of the most disruptive, impactful defensive tackles and pay him the money, and then you just go from there. I think you start with Ogletree. I think you find one of those deep, you know, I think Gaines would be a dumb guy to let go to. I don't know what, what the market value for him is at the moment, but you, you, you have to play games a little bit, and then you have to consider to add one more piece of wood to that burning fire. You've got guys that you want to go after exactly. in, in, in the free agency. Exactly. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to sign draft picks. And let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, sorry to say this as a, as a potential Rams fan, but they're going to probably be picking pretty high next year. You know, I, I you got to you got to you got to consider that they're going to have a higher draft pick that they're going to have to make sure that they get paid. So, I think more so than the money they have a problem with, they're going to have a problem with morale if they don't find a way to make the the big dogs happy because now you're going to have this competition. I don't know if you saw this Tony or Matt, but um Tremaine Johnson basically stated this uh, when interviewed that he believes that the Rams don't have him in mind in the future. That 
the reason why they haven't continued to make a, a, an offer to him in light of what's going on with Aaron Donald, that he doesn't see himself in the yep. future plans. So there is the writing on the wall for guys who know they're not going to be here next year. And I don't know how you do that in a locker room. It's that's, tough. That's got to be tough. That's got to uh, be tough. Just so you know, EJ Gaines right now makes an average of $600,000 a year. <sighs> He's still on that rookie deal. $600,000 a year. So that's going to be quite the increase. That's a jump. Wherever, yeah. Whatever he signs is going to be quite, quite the increase. Wow. Uh, Alec Ogletree, who's who's led the led the team in tackles last year, makes $1.7 a year average. That's going to go up. No matter where he signs, that's going to go up. So it's going to be tough. And this is why, again, I bring this up again. I brought it up in the Rams uh, breakdown. I bring it up again. They're changing to the 3-4. Robert Quinn is now playing outside linebacker. He's getting paid an average of about $15 million a year. If he does not work out, I see him traded as early as the trade deadline to a team that is competing right now, that can afford him, which there are a lot of teams that can, Lions, and that he can go to and be a playmaker right away. Lions. So, I mean, you, you got to look at this cap stuff now. You know you're going to be in the tank this year. You got to look at this. If this was the NBA, Robert Quinn would already oh, be off the team. Oh, they'd be shuffling oh, yeah. everybody off the deck. It would have happened. It would have happened so fast. I mean, to me, this comes down to, and it's not. It's this isn't mind blowing. This isn't some super deep analysis. It comes down to priorities for less need. Uh, it really does. Uh, it, to you know, you, you this is a guy who's two years away from his contract being up. So you look at that from a GM's point of view, and you go, okay, well, I can probably still afford this guy. You know, I can, I can, I can, I can not. I don't have to pay him what he would be worth if his contract was up. But you know, again, that said, I mean, take you take a look at who has the most uh, cap space. Uh, to absorb contract room, that's the San Francisco 49ers. They're in division. I think the last thing that the Los Angeles Rams want to see is Aaron Donald get picked up by, uh, you know, a hungry John Lynch up in uh, San Francisco, uh, you know, who's going to who's gonna uh, work him into to that defense, uh, and it'll be in division. You have to see him twice a year. But the top ten alone, I mean, uh, Tampa Bay has a lot of cap room, and they might be making how a playoff push. How is that? I don't understand the, how the that's Houston possible. The Houston Texans have a lot of cap room, although Robert Quinn might be one of many in so there the on the defensive line. The Steelers. The Tennessee Titans, like there's teams that would be able to throw you a few draft picks for Robert Quinn. And before we go on, because we've gone on a little bit and, too long, and think of it, just one thing about the Steelers: Aaron Donald went to Pittsburgh. That is I was where talking he, about Robert where Quinn. He, oh, okay. I'm talking about Robert uh, Quinn. They're I, I keeping see, Donald. That is no chance they let that man go. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm saying if in the event that they, for whatever reason, if Les Snead has his head so far in the sand that he doesn't no decide. Chance. That'd be, that'd doesn't be a fireable offense if they let Aaron Donald but go. Spe- you would think so. But, but it, speaking of fireable, but like, let's all not should forget. Should have been a fireable offense for them to extend Tavon Austin for as much as they did and as long as they did. That leads to my next question. Quickly, If if do you think Snead deserves to keep his job if this isn't handled properly? Because they put they put themselves in this position. No, if you lose, if you lose your best, he's the best player, period, on the field for the Los Angeles Rams. No, but think about those teams you just rattled off. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are yeah. going hard this yeah. year. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, always good. Always good. You're talking uh, Houston Texans, good team. Yeah. You're talking about teams that have put themselves in positions with good players yeah. and not have put themselves in the same cap situation yeah. that the Rams find themselves in now. And let's not forget, Gurley's coming around the corner. Yeah, oh you've yeah. got you've got other good and, rookies running. And if Goff turns into anything, he's coming around. The so, so how do you get yourself out of this? Is the is the is the bigger question? It's tough, but that is all we have for right now. Now we're going to move forward to the some of the fan interviews and also the panel. Uh, again, thank you guys for being so nice with us when we're at training camp. As always, you can find us at www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com. I am Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, Matt D'Angelo Antonio. We'll be back at the end of the show to tell you what we have planned for the rest of August, and boy, is it going to be fun. Uh, so I think we have to end with what we're usually ending with, and that's a hearty ram it. Oh, ram it. Ram it.
tell me your name and where you're from? Um, David, I'm from East LA. My name is Chris Pena. Um, I've been a Rams fan ever since I was born. Since 1969, when they were the first time they were in Los Angeles. Okay, what brings you here? Like, why, why, why are you still with this team? They man, left, they came back, like, Man, what? I tell you, they break your heart. They really do. But, you know, I just, I... I like, I, I love them. The actual camp looks like it's a lot tighter this year. Like these guys seem like they're a little bit more organized. They're they're kind of getting in and out of the huddle. They're making plays. I don't, I've, I've seen maybe one drop ball. You know. How much so, do you think that has to do with the new coaching staff? I, I, I would think uh, quite a bit. I'm looking forward to the new coaching staff. I'm kind of excited. I think that's what we need. Yeah. Um, win or lose, I'm still gonna be a Rams fan though. Right. <laughs> I think Sean McVay is bringing a new culture to the Rams. It's an exciting culture. Uh, high expectations, high value center ball players. He's going to keep pushing for that. Well, anything is a step up from last year. I think that was definitely for me the rock bottom that I've seen. It's going to be better than last year, hopefully. Well, Can't get much worse. I just decided to drop in, see, see just to see how Sean McVay was doing. You know, I want to see how the offense is. I want to see if it's getting better because I want. Last season, when I came to the training camp, Jared Goff looked terrible. He looked he looked pretty awful. But I want to see I want to see if there's any significant improvement or anything like that. Jared Goff didn't have the opportunity to work under a really clearly defined and well-established offensive system that can work. We have yet to see what he can do yet. He's got a lot, a lot of years ahead of him. He's a kid. Come on, you know, he's got to learn from his mistakes and do better. Goff is gonna get a lot better, like he did in college. I think Gurley is going to be able to find some lanes to run. I love me some Todd Gurley. I mean, I hope he steps it up this season, but, you know, he's so much fun to watch. I said it from the beginning, rookie of the year, he became rookie of the year. He had a little stumble, but you know what, you know what though, he's going to come back. I know. A bold prediction, uh, there, I have two. I have Aaron Donald wins defensive player of the year, and then I have Tavon Austin finally breaks 1,000 yards. This is our second year doing this at training camp. It's it's better than last year. Already yeah. just looking at it. They're, they're ready. So now at least we're moving the ball. Uh, we'll see improvements. We'll be able to cheer some touchdowns here and there. I think it's going to be 7 and 9, and I think the year after that we're going to go to 10 and 6. Yeah, 11 and 5. We win the West. We go to the playoffs. I'm excited. I'm thinking positive. I'm, I'm thinking the best. I think they're going to do great. And no matter what, I'll always be a fan. And ladies and gentlemen of the Left Coasters universe, welcome back. I'm happy you guys heard the fan interviews, and now we have a very interesting train wreck of a segment that we have going on right now. We have three of our guest hosts, our normal guests that come in. They're going to be taking over, and we're going to have a guest host panel right for you guys, and they're going to talk about their teams. They're going to talk about the L.A. teams and where they're going right now, and basically we're going to see the craziness that unfolds. But let me introduce the three wonderful gentlemen that are sitting in the studio right now. First, we have the Detroit Lions faithful, Mr. Drew Schaefer-Crookston. Welcome back, Drew. Tony, great to be here, man. I was a fan of the show. Ready for another good year, buddy. I'm excited for you. And uh, new to the show, but has been listening since the jump and has been complaining that he hasn't been on the show yet, the Chicago Bears fan, the sad putz that is Chris Saunders. Welcome, buddy. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> sad putz. You're welcome. You're well, I've been working on that one. And finally, we have the original co-host of the show, the one we go to when we need him the most, the New York Giants fan himself, Mr. Alex Alche. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Thrilled to be here. Ready for another year of Left Coasters. Let's do the damn thing. I'm ready for it, too. We have been uh, working our asses off to get this stuff going as always you can find this episode and the rest on the leftcoasterspodcast.com www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com 
and let's get right into it, boys. You guys have three teams all in the NFC that you have loved all of your lives. Mm-hmm. They're all going in different directions. Mostly down. One seems to be trending down, one seems to be trending up, one seems to be treading water. Where do you guys feel that your teams, what are you expecting out of this new year? Is there hope? Is there no hope? Saunders, let's start with you. Oh, thank you. There's there's no hope. <laughs> no hope for the Bears this year. <laughs> We're going to the Super Bowl. We've yeah. already bought our tickets. Right. Well, yeah. well what, honestly, what are you looking for out of this year? Like, I'm what, looking at the for, end of the year. What would make you happy? Uh, well, a new a new offensive coordinator, Mike Glennon, gets traded. Uh, we keep Vic Fangio. I like I, I'm Vic. excited about next to nothing. We've got a great running back core. We've got uh, great defense. And the new kid. Yeah, Mitch Mitch Trubisky. Uh-huh. Yeah, second overall pick. That's that's Gave right. A lot for him. I think you <laughs> guys. Saunders, I think we actually you... we actually didn't give that much. Can you bring me inside the mind of uh, the Bears GM, whose name is escaping me right Ryan now? Pace. Uh, Ryan Pace. Can you bring me inside his mind on draft day? Because I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck he was thinking. Well, he was trying to. I think he thought that another team would would go up and draft Trubisky. You know, Cleveland wanted him that we knew, but. You know, in hindsight, given what Houston gave up, given what Kansas City mm-hmm. gave up, I actually don't think the Bears gave up that much to go up and get him. I just also don't think that that San Francisco was going to take him. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so either. And I was Cleveland wasn't jumping either. But we never, you never know. And in in hindsight, I it's not that much to to get. I have a problem with signing Glennon for eighteen million guaranteed. If we were going to draft Trubisky, why not just keep Cutler for another year or just dump all of them and start Trubisky because. We had we had nobody. I hear you. Glennon's so, a very expensive band-aid. It's a very expensive band-aid. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions. My man, Drew, I texted you and I texted Brian this at the beginning of the year when Vegas put out their over-under for wins. The number that jumped out at me at the most out of all the teams in the NFL was Detroit. The over-under was 8.5, meaning Vegas expected you to bet that Detroit would either be 9-7 and seven or better or 8-8 eight and eight or worse. I asked both of you, how is this not an over? How do we not put all the money we own on this and them being better than 9-7? and seven? And both of you were hesitant to say they might not get eight wins. So, why? Well, that's a testament of being a Lions fan your entire life, Tony, as Brian will tell you. 50 uh, years, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're coming off a, a good year uh, in moderation with a, a playoff appearance uh, and then just a complete dud in the playoffs, which is typical. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's reason for optimism. I really like what Bob Quinn's doing. As far as you can tell, how he's building his team, um, got two great, uh, you know, offseason offensive line acquisitions, and T.J. Lang and Big Rick Wagner. Obviously, having Taylor Decker down is is a big blow, um, but they're really high on this uh, third round kid, this Kenny Galladay kid that really thinks, you know, they think he can be a legitimate third option, and and Ebron, who's, you know, put up puts up great numbers, but has a little case that drops in big situations. I'm excited for the year. Um, but saying that, you just don't know with them. You know, you don't know. I think Caldwell's kind of a, a lame duck coach mm. on his last year of his contract. So that's an always interesting dynamic, you know. Mm-hmm. He has to win to keep his job. It's very clear that uh, McDaniels is looming out there potentially um, for us maybe next year. So we have Matt Stafford, who's who's tough. Um, but I think eight and a half is a good number. Okay. Um, you know, we'll see. But, I, but I, I'm excited about Jared Davis. Obviously, everyone thinks he steps in from day one is a leader and a captain of that new defense at, at middle linebacker. I like kind of separating from DeAndre Levy. That clearly was not a good signing. But uh, to, to cut dead weight I think was good, and to get Davis in there as a leader of the, of the new defense I think is good. 
And at 31 years old, let me uh, ask you this, Drew, and I don't know um, if you, you, you may have heard that uh, Glover Quinn just signed a $13 million extension uh, with the Lions, uh, $9.5 million in guarantees. He's 31 years old. Is that is that an awful lot of money to give a 31-year-old cornerback? I mean, I think his production speaks for himself. He's one of the best safeties in the league. Um I, I I don't mind that I don't mind that signing especially uh, Tease Tabor their second round pick out of Florida um, who is going to start at cornerback but they can see him potentially moving over to safety I think Glover kind of or, or, or Tabor maybe can shadow Glover there and and really benefit from that relationship so I actually like that signing. Let's bring it over to the last man on the panel. That's Alex Alche with his Giants. We have Janoris Jenkins punching people in camp. We have Geno Smith as the backup quarterback. We have. Known insane people, Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall as the top two players on your offense. <laughs> OBJ at camp without a contract, taking, Dude, yes. the, taking the exact opposite route that Aaron Donald has taken. Yes, he's and, making yes. $400 media, a game. And the media, by the way, is shitting itself over it, by the way. Crickets, though, about Aaron Donald holding out of camp, but people are losing their goddamn minds about Odell the Beckham Jr. Player in the showing NFL. up at camp without a contract. They yep. were a team that made the playoffs after I said they would not get three wins. What happens with the Giants this year? Can they control the chaos enough to be a playoff team. I got to say, this is my favorite year to be a Giants fan for two reasons. One, the acquisition of Brandon Marshall is beautiful. I don't give a fuck what you guys think. Brandon Marshall and OBJ on the field is huge. He's fantastic. He's They're a fantastic going, player. Brandon Marshall is going to turn into Michael Crabtree like he did for, for the Raiders. This He's going to be unbelievable for the Giants. But I'm more excited that if it's feast or famine for Eli this year. There is no excuse for him to not produce. Mm -hmm. He's got an incredible wide receiving core. He's got a, his offensive line is back to good again. He should be absolutely fantastic. And if he sucks, he's gone. So I'm going to be <laughs> thrilled because I have been an Eli Manning downward trending guy for years. I think that Eli got lucky with the two Super Bowls. I'm that Giant fan. I'm that Giant fan who is a diehard Giant fan, hates Eli Manning. Who's, wow. running, who's running the ball for you guys this year? Same as last year. Paul Nobody. Who is that? Rashad. No, Rashad Jennings Rashad's is no out of a job. with the Giants. Oh, right, right, right. You're right. It's, Paul so, it's going to be Paul Perkins. We just, we just, saw, we just saw Andre Williams at San Diego yeah, Chargers did. camp. Los Angeles I, Chargers camp. I thought I kicked that I trend. Out, right. I reached out to Rashad for this episode, and unfortunately he did not get Rashad. back to me. I think he's still uh, right. I think he's still basking in the glory of his Dancing with the Stars victory. <laughs> but you know what? Perkins Perkins is no slouch. Perkins Rashad, will be you know all right. I love you. Perkins will be all right. But I think it's going to all come down to the wide receivers and if Eli can produce. And if he can, we're going to we're gonna win 10 games and we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to win those last five games in the last five <laughs> games of the season. And then we'll end up somehow in the Super Bowl losing to the Raiders. They're pretty high on that tight end they drafted, too. I, th I like that tight end. Yeah. So is that, is yeah. that your Super Bowl prediction for this year, Alex? Giants-Raiders? Yep, Giants-Raiders. Wow. I'll have whatever he's had. Okay. Not bad. We'll, exactly. come, we'll come back to you on that maybe after you've had like a lobotomy or some time to think about what you just said. Saunders, you I want to it. bring you back to the equation because you are a man that had Brandon Marshall for a long time on oh, your team. Oh, yes, we did. And Drew and I watched him destroy our defenses over and over oh, again God. and then eventually get fed up and destroy a team from the inside out. What can yep. Alche expect for this first year? Oh, first he can year. expect he can expect absolute garbage. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the man is a cancer. The man yeah. is a cancer who's who's on the wrong side of 30 who just su just sucks. Good luck. His stats in the first year of his new teams, which I believe this will be his fourth team, are immaculate. Oh, really? He does yes. great in his first year. How how is he in, on the Jets? The Jets he had a great first he year with Eric Decker. <laughs> 
The numbers. I'm not talking about the wins. I'm talking I, about the okay, numbers. Okay, but okay. he's making the point that regardless of the numbers, what where the trade-off is is what he does in the locker room. Because, again, how yeah. the no, Jets here's do. The thing. No, right? he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a disaster. Look, Eli's not going to throw to him because he has Odell Beckham Jr. Brandon Marshall's just there as a decoy. And then he's going to get he's going to whine and moan that he's not being thrown the ball. And how many he's been in the league? What? Ten years? Give or take. Yeah. He's never made the playoffs. That's wild. not only has he never had made that's the playoffs. None of his teams have ever had a winning record. Well, that's why he's on the Giants. Right. <laughs> we haven't not had a winning record. We're going to have a winning record again this year. It's gonna right. Be fine. With, with Brandon Paul Marshall, Perkins. Brandon Marshall will have twelve hundred yards. I'll put a hundred dollars on it right now. Oh, he's injuring it. That's um. <laughs> you gotta take it. I'm not gonna take, take that. No well, way. There you go. Oh, there you go. Brandon Marshall, by the way, entering his 11th NFL season. Oh, there so we you go. Were, you were uh, you were right on. Yeah. My biggest concern with that is now you have not one but two off the field distractions at wide receiver, a position that is already known to be diva-ish among yes. among the best of the best. So the I mean, kicking net better watch out. You know, I was gonna say, mm. like, is this gonna be a situation where you've got the two of them? I mean, not just competing for the football, but competing for the spotlight off the field. That's the last thing, if I'm Ben McAdoo, that I want. The tough thing is McAdoo doesn't know how to control an environment. He's more like, oh, it's just let the boys be boys and they'll be fine. Coughlin will be like, cut the shit. <laughs> Whereas McAdoo's like, ah, they'll be fine. Let, let them figure it out. At but, least, but at least Brandon, Brandon's. Brandon Marshall has said that he's his head's on straight. He's They actually think he's going to be better for Odell Beckham Jr. because he was the old Odell Beckham Jr. That's so, very true. At least he's still, is he still doing his radio show in New York? Yeah. He'll be extending that uh, little star of his as much as he can. Oh, yes. Great. All right, gentlemen. So one question I want to put to all of you. We'll start with you, Drew. Who is your top running back in the NFL? And this is by P- Premier Sports 1027 off their Instagram. Thank you guys for that Lovely question, but Drew, who is your top running back in the NFL? David Johnson. Oh, really? David Johnson. Why? I mean, obviously Zeke's probably the popular answer, but he is. Uh, who knows with that guy right now? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's clearly can't keep himself out of the spotlight or trouble. Based on that offensive line, I think he's the most talented. But I think David Johnson will be the most productive running back if you're looking at rush yards, uh, passing yards, touchdowns. Give me David Johnson for the year. Nice, Saunders. Ezekiel Elliott. That nope. that that offensive line is amazing. David Johnson's awesome, but he's got Methuselah as quarterback. That's true. And it's is he on life support? Actually, yeah. did they move I, him to I hospice? Think, I think he is. Okay. There's been discussion. There's been discussion about possibly pulling the plug on Carson Palmer. Yeah. But, uh, so you but like Ezekiel? Why? Other I, than I like, the offensive line, I like why? Ezekiel because of the offensive line, and I like the fact that Dak is not going to throw it 40 times a game, and they're just going to keep handing it off, and they don't really have anybody else behind him that's going to rob him for carries. He's a superstar. He's shown that he can have endurance. I'm not a Cowboys fan. But I loved, I loved watching him, and I think he's just going to get better. Nice. LJ. I hate Ezekiel, but I love him, and he's an amazing guy to watch. I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. He's my boy. He's the most beautiful running back I have, may have ever seen. The way that he waits and then shimmies and then dances and then magically bolts, and you're just like, wow, this guy, this guy can do n- nothing wrong. He's amazing. Safe to say any of those three I'd take on my team. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll take him in a heartbeat. So now that you guys have talked about your teams, you've talked to some of the questions from the fans, now we're talking about why we do the Left Coasters podcast, and that's because all three of you 
are also transplants living in Los Angeles for various amounts of years. I believe, Sonny, you've been here, what, six years? Six, yeah, six going on seven. Four, Drew? Four, yeah. And then three for Elche? Yes, sir. So you guys have been here long enough to sort of start to call L.A. your home. This is where you have your career. It's where you maybe will raise a family someday. Who knows? But you're here for now. And you now have two football teams that have become your L.A. hometown football teams. The Rams were here last year. The Chargers are here this year. And the whole theme for the year is the battle for L.A. Were the we, Rams here last year? The Rams were here last year. <laughs> Last year, And so you guys are the L.A. that they are fighting for. They want the transplant people to have the new fans be a fan while you're in L.A. and represent one of the teams. Do you guys, A, care that these two teams are in L.A., and B, if you do, what side do you find yourself leaning towards right now as we enter the season? I care zero amount. Um <laughs> I think just to the LA teams because you know I think all of us can say like we're you know we are our hometown team Giants mm-hmm. Bears Lions but um you know obviously it, it would be it would be fun if if the city got two competitive teams I just don't think they're anywhere close to being competitive yet um so I guess I can't answer that question until they're winning yeah because I hear that. You know, LA's t- a winning town exactly no no one's gonna care if no one cared about Lob City when the Clippers were losing seventy games a year <laughs> you know so I mean it's interesting this year especially with the Rams especially with Jared Goff who was really historically bad last year. <laughs> Um, analytical nightmare, he, horrible, right? So, you know, at, at second training camp, we did hear a lot of people sticking up for the lack of every anything that he had around him last year. I mean, he was in. In fairness, I mean, we did hear a lot of people, at least at least fans at Rams camp, saying this is a kid who got thrown into the deep end midway through the season. You know, uh, wasn't probably as well versed in the playbook as as he could have been because, sure. as we've learned, he's an idiot. Uh, but, <laughs> but it sounds like there's a little bit more. I guess uh, you know, there's hope. Uh, uh, hope for him. There's a reason. That he's actually able to, you know, learn an offense, conceptualize and understand the playbook, and and put it into practice in a position and to put himself in a position where he could be making calls with wine. I mean, Goff, well, maybe Goff had the future Packers head coach Jeff Fisher to help oh, him out. God damn it! So, I knew a Bears oh fan boy. wouldn't go for long without trying to throw the Packers under the bus. It's I, it's really easy. No, I, I'm excited for I'm excited for the Chargers. I mean, yes, I I I love the Rams. That's my dad's team. It's the fact that. You know the NFC will. I can maybe see the Bears there someday, mm-hmm. but I I actually think the Chargers are going to be a heck of a lot more competitive than we all give them credit for. I mean, yeah, they're in the AFC West, which is absolutely loaded, but Philip Rivers has got at least six months left in him, and uh, <laughs> well, a ten-year extension but, yesterday. I think. At least till he has another oh, kid. Lovely. Melvin, <laughs> Melvin a, Gordon is awesome. Melvin Gordon is well, awesome. He is still After, living in San Diego, by the way, commuting from San Diego to Los Angeles for training camp. He's going to helicopter and he's making plenty of money. That's great no, real estate. I mean, look at Melvin Gordon's rookie year was was atrocious, but his second year was amazing. Took a step forward. Just amazing. And I want to see what he can do again. I think, plus they've got that great stadium down in Carson. Little, for, little soccer stadium. It's phenomenal. There's yeah. not a bad seat in the place. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be a fun team to go. Tickets are high right now. A very for Chargers. High. I'll tell you very what, sleeper, sleeper for defensive player of the year has got to be Joey Bosa. I mean, the guy is a beast. Man we, we saw him at camp. He no one stood out more. Unbelievable. No one stood out more. He's, He's an, an animal. animal. He looks like animal. Howie Long, kind of. A young Howie Long. Huge he, nose. Huge nose. Huge nose. But, but we have something in common. Yeah. But people forget, like, you're just talking about Melvin Gordon and Philip Rivers. You're forgetting about. Fucking Keenan Allen yep. and Danny Woodhead are both back. Danny huge, huge They'll assets be to that by team. Week five. Nah, they're gonna be fine. <laughs> no, you have some history with Keenan. I Allen, love Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen. 
I take him every year in fantasy, and as every your year he gets hurt. As your keeper, the <laughs> last two years you've kept him, and the last two years he's he's gone. Last year in the first game, and then the year before, halfway through the Absolutely. season. Absolutely, but however, last year still Philip Rivers managed to get what? Did he get five wins last year. He or, does because he can make he can make he can wide make receivers happen. out of nobody. He made a wide receiver out of Travis Benjamin. Uh, with, he did the same thing with Dontrell Inman last exactly. year. Exactly. So with those two back, I mean, I th- I guarantee, I think eight to nine wins they have a shot. I will say, uh, Danny Woodhead's now with the Ravens out, Jay. Oh, right. it's okay. God so don't it. draft him this Keep year. Keep forgetting about Danny. NFL.com on for a fun fact ranked the Los Angeles Chargers as a top ten offense. I believe they ranked them number nine. Wow. Really. Fun fact. Okay. So, so you guys. So we have two people who think the charges are interesting. You guys leaning towards the charges. Are you excited to have a football in LA? Has it changed your Sundays at all? Have uh, you gone to any of the games? I have not, based on your review of the Rams. Oh we, we did not year. rank the Coliseum great. Yeah, we the Coliseum was terrible. As a larger American, I I don't want to try and no. sit in. Those so you're sitting in the middle of an airplane on a cross country flight. I'm good. No, no. <laughs> wow. I am excited to go to Carson. I, I'm excited to go with you. I would go to Carson in a heartbeat. Yeah, watching yep. one of the most boring teams in the NFL in a college stadium was for a hundred and twenty dollars a ticket was fucking highway robbery. <laughs> in it was a nightmare. Sunny weather, no shade. It was, it was rough. awful. We it watched a seventeen ten game. <laughs> I don't even think it they scored that horrendous. many points. That's better than that nine to six win. Field goals, <laughs> rough. Drew, what about you? They got a new stadium coming up in a couple of years. Are you is it excite you at all as a football fan to have these two teams here? Well, of course. I mean, the, the bottom line there is we went from zero teams in LA to two in yep. the span of two years. I think the most interesting dynamic, especially from the Rams standpoint, is uh, basically all football is when a new coach comes in based on a first or second year franchise quarterback, and everyone is rolling out the red carpet for McVay and probably rightfully so. But I'm, I'm so curious to see if he can develop golf into anything he wants, because I have a feeling that guy knows in the NFL, you got to produce soon. It's, what mm-hmm. have you done for me now? If, if golf doesn't produce... He's got to get a quarterback in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see see that aspect of the relationship with the player coach and the Rams. And I think that new stadium will be sweet. And I think that should spur you know some 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 interest for sure. I, new stadium is going to be immaculate. I got to throw this question out to everybody. Cardale Jones was oh, just God. picked up in a trade by the San, but God damn it, by the tough. Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> we saw him today, and he was throwing dimes. Sure. Dimes. He had one bad play where he got his feet tangled with the running back on a on a bootleg. Looked bad. It's pretty ugly. But it looked bad. But other than that, he was dropping dimes. He looks a hundred percent the part. And Lynn, Coach Lynn, sure. has has you Buffalo, know, coached yeah. him at Buffalo. So I'm I'm curious as a University of Michigan fan and everybody here having seen Ohio State, what do you think there's a potential there at all for the future after Philip Rivers is gone? Of course. I mean, like why would they sign him? Right, you know, I mean, he's clearly he's clearly talented. You saw his his very limited uh, career at Ohio State; those four games they did the playoffs when Barrett went down were incredible. Um, I mean, clearly the Bills didn't think highly of him to give him up for a seventh round, you know, conditional, conditional pick. Absolutely, pick. but um, but that's yeah. a new coaching staff. Remember, it, I know yeah, it's correct. And and Cardell is uh, clearly he was very happy to be out of Buffalo, but he shed tears of joy. Tears of joy. Um, so sure, I, I think I think that's a literally a, a, a zero risk, high reward pickup, and it's a great move. Cool, fantastic move. I lo- I, no, it is. It's, I I, I couldn't it. believe Buffalo traded him away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doug Whaley has proven himself to be the world's worst general manager ever. Before we go, thank you guys for doing this. I want two things real fast. I want to know, off the top of your heads, what's the Rams' record at the end of this season? I'm gonna go. If Gurley can produce mm-hmm. way better than he did last year, mm-hmm. they'll win five games. Mm-hmm. That's high. I would say two. Like that I one think more game than they won last year? Number one overall pick. Wow. I'll meet in the middle and say four. 
I think they'll scratch out four four wins. We were a lot more optimistic. I, I think they're a scary seven and nineteen. I and was for the Chargers. I think you're crazy. The Los Angeles Sign me Chargers. Up for that under. <laughs> what are we what are we looking at for the Los Angeles Chargers this year? Eight and eight. Chargers, Chargers are a scary team. If if Rivers can stay upright the whole season, ten and six. Saunders ten and six. I think they'd win more games given their division. It, it's it's tough sliding there. I also will say eight and eight. I think that's a good pick. I like it too. Eight and eight for Drew. All uh, right. And I actually have another question for you guys because we have the time. And I was thinking about this with uh with Brian. I'm looking to get a New Jersey, a Rams jersey, or a Chargers jersey. I don't know which way to lean. If you guys had all the money in the no, let's say this. If you guys could get <laughs> one free jersey. Los Angeles Rams or Los Angeles Chargers. What color and what jersey would it be? And, first and, of all, first of all, and he doesn't have to be on a team. He doesn't have to be on the team currently. Yes, yes he does. No, I, he I want. To, I want to play right now. Dan oh, Fouts. you want a current player? I want to play right now. Oh. First of all, the Chargers have the sexiest jerseys Potter in the blue. NFL. Potter blue. Yes. Sexiest jerseys in the fucking NFL. Yeah. I want a Keenan Allen jersey. He's coming back with a vengeance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a powder blue Keenan Allen Saunders. I'll take a powder blue Philip Rivers. God, I want to say Joey Bosa, but I would just get hung. So I, 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 I can't do that. But but I guess I guess I'll have to say uh, I, I guess I'll do I'll I'll do a powdered blue Philip Rivers. I'm telling you the powder blue wants is the sexiest a Rams jersey, jersey. No, in the world. You? He looks over to me at Chargers camp and says the powder blue jersey is the best jersey in sports. Period. Period. I just want to say, can Period. you picture a woman walking out in the morning in a powdered blue Chargers Ooh. jersey, being a Chargers fan? That's like. <laughs> The greatest, she thing, nice like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you, boys, for coming to uh, talk to us today. Thank you, Left Coasters, for listening. We'll have you back during the season. We'll have your predictions at the end of uh, on our Labor Day episode, your predictions for the Super Bowl, your predictions for everything else. Thank you again for coming in, guys. Thanks for having us, dude. Thank, thank you. you. Awesome. And as always, who wants to uh, who wants to sign us off here? Uh, three, two, one, ram, ram it. it. David Saunders. <laughs> My name is Ryan Westerman, and I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. My name is uh, Nate Clay, and I've been a Chargers fan as long as I've been alive. I've been a Chargers fan for 41 years. My name is Edward Duran. I'm with the hashtag WeChargeLA group, the LA Charger area fans. We've been supporting the Chargers for 41 years. I've been a fan for 41 years. My father before me was a fan back when they were at the Coliseum. So we come from a long lineage of Bolt family. Why the Chargers? Uh, they had a great Lightning Bolt jersey. Uh, the jersey was great. I was a little kid. I loved it, fell in love with it. I have a collection of about 120 jerseys now. I remember I was like 12 years old when the N64 NFL Blitz game came out. And of course you gotta throw OG deep bombs with Doug Flutie. <laughs> I was looking for a new team. My brother was already a Chargers fan, so I started checking out LT. Fell in love with Gates, Rivers, and uh, how could you not? Yeah, here I am today. This is probably the first time in Rivers' entire career that he's gonna have like a halfway decent line. So if you give that poor guy some time, you know, I think he's gonna turn a lot of heads, even though he's already a legend in Charger fans' eyes. I say Melvin Gordon. I like Melvin Gordon coming up right now. He had a bounce back from a bad rookie season. I think he's gonna have a big year this year. So oh, yeah. he looks he looks hungry. He looks he like he's been putting in the work. So I'm excited to see what uh, what happens this season. I'm looking forward to see Big Bosa. I want to see the big man out there because he's got a lot to prove. Yep. Last year, a lot of negativity at the beginning of his you know season, yep. and he came out hard and strong. I think this year he's gonna show everybody. Don't don't ever second guess him again. Statistically, in Joey Bosa's first year, he had better numbers than JJ Watt's rookie year. So. I'm doing the arm shrug right now. Joy Bosa is gonna freaking kick some butt this Love year. It. I think they're looking good. They got, they still have that strong wide receiver core. Thank you.
I think um, Anthony Lynn's going to do pretty well yep. with the running backs. And hopefully that defense can hold up in the fourth. If they win, people are going to come and they're going to follow. I think they're going to have a chance for a great team this year. They have they drafted well. Rivers is still, I think, at his peak. I'm really excited about the season, to be honest with you. I think they got a good squad on paper, um, but you know, injuries has definitely been a, a big concern for the team. Um, I think it's just going to have to do with the team building chemistry and you know preventing those injuries, and we'll see. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking they make the playoffs wild card. Protect Rivers. We'll be able to make the playoffs. We have a solid defense. We got enough weapons on offense. Yeah. So I'm excited. I think we could, we're going to be right up there with the Raiders fighting for the AFC West. I mean, we're the sleepers in the West. I mean, yeah. everybody's talking about the Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, but I mean, everybody's sleeping on the Chargers. It's fine by me. I don't want to be talked about. I want to sneak up behind everybody. That's exactly how I want the season to go. I'll call it right now. I'll call it 11. We'll take 11 wins this year. All right. And we'll be we'll, we'll hit that seat. I'll be there at the end zone, front row, so hopefully, you know, come my way. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our friends and family episode. That was a lot of fun. The boys were great. The interviews, man, I've, I'm, we met so many fun, fun people at training camp. It was awesome. I'm very happy about it. Um, but that's our show. Again, I'm Tony Cavallo with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, with Matthew D'Angelo-Antonio. Oh, before we go. The rest of August is going to be insane. We have three episodes coming before the season begins. The first one being the AFC uh, uh, break, divisional breakdown of what we expect to happen, where we're going to be marry, fucking, and killing every division to see where we stand on these teams one heading in. One of my in. favorite episodes of the year. It's going to be awesome. And then following that up a week after is going to be the NFC divisional breakdown, which is my favorite too. Go Pack Go. And then finally, we're going to have our week one on Labor Day released. Right before the season begins, we are going to be having our predictions and pick them for the week one and attack it. We're going to get predictions from every host you heard today. We're going to get predictions from the three of us sitting here right now. We're going to get picks for week one. Brian is going to be defending his regular season pick em championship, and we're going to break it down because football is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for being here. As always, you can find us on www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com. Do find us on SoundCloud and on Apple Music as well. Leave us a five-star review. It will help us find more uh, fans, grow the Left Coast universe out there. Brian. And please check us out at the Left Coasters Podcast at Instagram and Facebook. Again, that's the Left Coasters Podcast. Send us questions, comments, concerns. We would love to hear from you. Thank you, Coasters. And uh, you can also email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also email us on the website, theleftcoasterspodcast.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us questions, send us thoughts. Send Whatever us your, you send want. Send us your pictures. We'll post them on Instagram and credit you. If you go to training camp and you get, get a good shot of Phil we'll Rivers or something like that, please send them to us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. And, boys, congratulations to you two because we have successfully made it through the offseason. Now we're going to be in the preseason. Year two, we're baby. Here. Year two begins today. The, the battle, battle for LA the begins we've come, today. We've come a long way from uh, trying to get the podcast to go off in Brian's cramped closet in you his can apartment see the pictures in online. I was going to say, all the fans, you can check that out on our website. It's a great photo. TheLeftCoasterspodcast.com. Is that Thank what it is? Thank you very much. That's the last time I'm going to say it. Adios, guys. And as always, ram it. it.
Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.